Hey guys, it's Freddie and Zach, and you don't know Squat. Thanks for tuning in today. We have a really exciting episode here for you. Probably, uh, probably the best we've done so far, there, Fred. I think all of them are great, but this one really takes the cake. We have uh, we brought Ronnie Drennan in. Uh, Ronnie came to us uh, a few years ago, uh, post ACL injury, uh, turning pro, professional basketball player. He's one of our athletes. So Zach and I got to work with him. Uh, this podcast was awesome. Yeah, but the great thing is Ronnie has some good experience he actually has been living overseas in china yep um he's just like an enlightened dude yeah like, it, it, you know, some good thought processes and and whatnot and yeah and some ways to challenge your thinking yeah it's kind of crazy i think the acl injury is the best thing that's ever happened to him after after having this podcast i think it, it really set him on his uh on this really cool course that he's on now so we're really excited for you guys to listen to it so plus he's a man rocket he is an incredibly handsome man yeah great hair and great hair so style um, we really hope you enjoy it uh as always uh give us a follow if you have any questions let us know and here's ronnie roll the tape All right, guys, welcome to episode 16 of You Don't Know Squat Podcast. I'm Freddie Dorman, co-hosted today with Mr. Zach Hallman. Say hello, Zach. Hello, Zach. Joining us also is our non-fired, made it two weeks in a row, Mr. Casey Kantz. How are you, buddy? Hello, Zach. <laughs> I hate you. How was that workout? You just did Bradshaw. Okay, yeah, it was horrible. Not a good workout. Just as, not a fun day. As in Terry Bradshaw? No, not Terry Bradshaw. I love this gym. It was I only, love it, but it was a terrible day. Thank you, Scott. That was He's on vacation, so I'm sure he just typed in the letter B and whatever yeah. popped up is what you guys got today. It's just one of those ones. It's 10 rounds, and you got to stay in there and be and stay focused, and you know you start getting into a hole, and then you can't get out of it. That's basically how it went today. Yeah. Hot, miserable, and grumpy. Casey's really supporting the Pittsburgh Steelers today. Yeah, he's got Ryan the, uh, the Shaleev. Shaleev, 412 hat. That's a really nice shirt. I like that shirt. Yeah, you guys you. can't see it, but it's really nice. Thank you, thank you. So, Why don't you describe it, Freddie? It's, uh, is that a tiger? <laughs> it's, a, it's a lion. Oh, it's a lion. So Actually, the, he designed the shirt, Ryan oh, Shaleev. Oh, did he? Did with oh, that's four, cool. Yeah, with Shop 412 out of Pittsburgh. So the story Do is... Do you know their website so people can go check it out? Shop412.com. There you go. Go so check the, out the shirt. So the story is, uh, Ronnie... Freddie likes to describe things, and he's not very good <laughs> at it. He's like, okay, so uh, Casey's sitting here with his... Uh, Since you've never listened to his, a podcast. With his arm know. folded, and he has a... The shirt is black, I believe, or he navy white, colorblind. White-looking, um, Livestrong bra- bracelet on Toys the Toys for Tots. Oh, that's a good nice. one. Yeah. We support Toys for Tots. Yes. So uh, you heard him earlier. Uh, this is Ronnie Drennan. He's our guest today. Right. Ronnie was a uh, basketball player, turned pro, just got home from China. Soon to head back here in a couple of weeks, so we have a lot to talk about. He uh, he resides from Dayton, Ohio. Um, I got to know Ronnie really well um, after an ACL injury uh, landed him in our gym uh, after he saw Zach for a little while over uh, over at his old space, and then uh, became friends ever since. And it's been it's been awesome knowing Ronnie. So we're excited to have. He him. actually did not see me. Oh yeah, there. no, he I was didn't. with. Uh, I was the one that. Uh, you said he crushed my hoop dream. <laughs> I did. Oh, did he? And he said he told me you have an ACL tear. Yeah. In the criminal's basement. Oh actually. yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. She wasn't so she wasn't sure if it was torn yeah. or not, so she called me and said, "Hey, will you stop over here?" And yeah. he's actually probably the second person because that's not something PTs do regularly. We, we learn how to do it, but yeah, we don't do it regularly. 
Say, athletic and trainers have a lot more experience. Absolutely, testing. yeah. But it was a uh, a very obvious positive test, so I had to be the one to say, uh, "Yeah, sorry." Yeah, I know. I know what his face looks like. Did he laugh when he told he told you? He kept, he I kept the he kept the humor light. So <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. You whenever know? whenever I tore my UCL, he laughed <laughs> in my face. That's, that's a good friend. That's a good friend. You tore your I UCL. get nervous about it. So, uh, Ronnie um, played basketball for St. Francis. Uh, he played all four years there. And then he was a graduate assistant for a year, and then he uh, he ended up taking his talents overseas. So we're really excited to talk about him. He also started a nonprofit, uh, which we're going to touch base on. Uh, it's called Tame Together. Addiction meets an end. Um, we'd like to touch base on that too. So we're really excited for you. So thanks for coming. Oh man, I appreciate being on with three dudes Good to see that, that that know a lot. And <laughs> I guess they don't know squad at the end of the day. <laughs> we really don't. We, we really don't, don't know. A lot know about squat. nothing. Yeah. yeah. We're really yeah. we're really average of a lot of good things. <laughs> we're, we don't suck at anything. We don't excel at everything. <laughs> yeah. But That's we know a, a little about everything. That's a good way of putting it. So just uh, kind of where you're at now. So can you kind of – so you're in China, and you're like a sports director for a company over China working with bas- basketball. So I'm assuming like youth athletes? Yeah. Uh, we do grades one through six, uh, and then we do some consulting for university teams. But – over there, university would be probably the equivalent of like D two over here. Okay, hoping to move up to to higher teams and better teams, better players, and get my foot in the door in different places. Was that through connections you made at St. Francis, or how did that? I mean, yeah. a big jump. You you had a you had a cup of coffee playing professionally over there for a little bit. Yeah. So to be honest, it all started yeah. back here training. You got me ready uh, to go over to China after I tore my ACL. Um, played over there for like three weeks. And you you tore it in your last year at St. Francis. No, no, no. No, it was after. I finished my senior year. Oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot you finished, then tore at training. Yep. And then came to me. Open gym. And then prepped you to get. I remember. I remember because you were with me whenever you ended up signing that deal. Yeah. Or so, agreeing to that. Yeah. yeah. So it was. I tore my ACL three days before my flight to Germany. Uh, signed a pro contract um, after my senior year. Tore the ACL. And Zach came over and said, it's torn. But <laughs> <laughs> that's beside the Just point. Just like um, that. Right. It's torn. Um, and after that. Uh, I kn- some guys live in my hometown that uh, take a team over every year, and they're they're over there right now actually. Um, and he asked me if I wanted to join, and I said, "Why not?" And then that's when you got me ready. We trained over at the old dorm spot. The old uh, spot I love yeah. that place. A lot of a lot of sweat. On I that love floor. the uh, puff and snuff that's still yeah. beside it. So that was. Listen, we have a. I, I miss the small gym sometime, um, but it was cool because Ronnie and I we would go super early in the morning. It was just one on one, five thirty, and we would I would gas him for like an hour and a half, two hours, and he would always he would always be at the gym before me, warming up because he had a key. I gave him a key, mm-hmm. warming up, and then whenever I left, he was still doing like like he put a lot of sweat, blood, and tears into trying to get back to play. So and, and then when I showed up, he'd be smoking a pack of camels. Yeah, he's at the puffing stuff <laughs> next door, just ripping darts and then trying to figure out what he was doing. So so you you had a really successful career at St. Francis. You did pretty well. Um, so whenever you signed that deal and that injury happened, just kind of want to kind of keep it in line with what we do here. What was your mindset going into, hey, I'm going to try to play again, try to train? Um, what was, like, your initial reaction to, to the injury and how you are going to rehab out of that? Because, I mean, signing, signing a deal and then having that happen so quickly. Um, well, that's like a dream come true to sign a deal, any professional, to, to get paid for yeah, a sport. Right, yeah, right. And then to I mean, it happened to me. Away from I, I signed a deal the next day. I broke my back. And, like, you have a very – you had signed it, prepped for it, and then right before you left, this had happened. So what was, like, your mindset? Like, what did you go through when that happened? 
like like Zach said, you know, you sign a deal. You as a kid, you want to play professionally. Like if yeah. you play sports, that's always the dream as a kid is to go somewhere and get paid. Not even get paid. It's all about um, the lifestyle. Exactly. Like just being they, being a pro athlete's awesome. And I think that the downfall of kids these days is they think that that pro title is like everything they ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Then when you obtain it, it's like it's not really anything. No. So that was my mindset going in um, to rehab. Was like I'm gonna train to go back and try to play professionally. And if I don't, I'm going to be to a point where I'm in good shape. So yeah. it was a win-win um, going into training, and that's kind of the mindset I took into it. Um, yeah, because I remember we, we had a lot of chats about that because I went through something similar that you had gone through, and it was like, well, I'm going to give this a shot, but if not, I want to be in enough shape that I can do triathlons, I can do all this other things. So you, right. I think you already kind of had your your mind looking past basketball. Um, but I'm I'm happy you gave it a, a fair shake afterwards. How, I think you would have regretted not doing something. It. I had a big hard time, so I ended up getting injured. It seems to be the college. Whenever I whenever I went to school, five of us were were signed as offensive linemen. Um, one of us made it to a senior year. Um, just how many? Really? Us, yeah. Out of how many? Out of five. five. Like season-ending injuries. We, we had a center, two guards, two tackles, and we weren't all like like I got hurt my freshman year. Um, John Bachman got hurt, I think, his junior year. Um, oh, I didn't know John got hurt. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, John Brown got hurt pretty pretty early, but stuck it out and kept playing. And then we had a kid that was from New Jersey, Kevin. Um, he was gray-shirted, ended up getting hurt, and uh, he never – he kind of – I'm don't. i not going to say he didn't pan out, but, like, he was never healthy enough to play. And one guy, C.J. Davis, who I still – keep contact with he's actually a offensive line coach down south um and occasionally if i have a football player i'll, I'll shoot him a message and get some ideas for rehab mm-hmm. for sports spe- uh, football specific drills but um he's the only one that made it and he went to the nfl for oh, cool. played for jacksonville for like two years or something like that what's the nfl stand for not for long no fun league oh that too <laughs> um the the average lifespan of an NFL career is what three years eighteen months oh is it really really, really? Yeah. N- NHL's three years yeah eighteen months but yeah. um what was it like being so I had a real hard time because I was always a football guy and I still talk about football to this day and it's ten years in my past um what was it like whenever you're Ronnie Drennan the basketball guy had a lot of success at St Francis and now all of a sudden you're Ronnie Drennan the Small the, fish in a big pond, exi- or, or the non-basketball guy. Non-basketball you're not playing. Guy. Training at that's, Fred's that's place. A tough, <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> that's a tough mental thing to overcome. It, it was, and um, you go from St. Francis Small School. Everybody knows everybody, and you get to a point where you're trained to come back, and it's like you're up there, and everybody knew you. Everybody knew you as the basketball guy, and then you get to a point where it's like you're just a regular person, like right, <laughs> like. You're nobody, basically. So yeah, nobody cares. Exactly, yeah. and and that's one of the biggest uh, blessings in my life. The past probably four years is like you're really nobody, and I got had the mindset of you know coming out of college. It's like I thought I was a big guy. I thought everything was gonna be handed to me, and then something that was out of my control, torn ACL, humbled me basically. And and that I look back on it now, I'm thankful for that because it's put me in a place where mentally I'm a better person, a better yeah. friend. You know, um, I hate to say it, but coming out of college, I was just I thought it. I thought it was coming to me. I thought I deserved it just because that, and you're you're a man rocket. So that that also <laughs> plays into it. <laughs> but but I'll tell you something that was big for me is for those of you that I talk football with, 
Um, something I talk even more about is my career, physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And somebody told me at one point whenever I was done and I was having a hard time kind of getting over the fact that, hey, you're no longer the football guy. Um, you know, you start seeing other people with success and you all, you know, it's a weird thing where you're like, I kind of hope this person blows up and nothing happens to him because it didn't pan out for me. Right. But uh, then somebody told me, Zach, it's a game, man. Like, there's plenty of things to be proud of. You know what right. I mean? Like, find something else, have the same passion, be proud of it, and just put all put all your energy towards right. that. And that was the best advice I ever got. Right. Now, now I'm trying to get people to that level so that they'll let me come with them. What was your attachment to He's a coach football? <laughs> Do you want to play professionally or, like, just not going out the way you wanted to go out? It wasn't going. So I'll tell you something. Interesting psyche is that my freshman year and all my friends that I played with the pit um, – who probably aren't listening to this, but if they were, I Boba was uh, high Boba. I was pr- I was pretty miserable. Um, Four a.m. lifts, you know, get on a bus bus to go. You know, I, I was all state at Altoona. You get to Pitt, and now I'm the smallest guy. Like, hey, what's your name again? Like, you know, I was gray shirted at Pitt. Um, you kind of turn into, hey, you're on the practice squad, and you're kind of, what the hell's a practice squad? I'm I'm the best here. Then you find out, holy shit, there's a lot of good people right. here. Um, everybody there is all state. Yeah, exactly. Every, everybody there is as good or or better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, I'll tell you, I think I was good enough to potentially read a card on a practice squad. Maybe I was never going to play in the NFL. Would you have done it? Um, Would you have lived that lifestyle? If you fitter? Yeah. Hell yeah! Okay. At that time, Just talking to nineteen-year-old me, yeah. hell yeah! Talking talking to thirty-two-year-old me. Uh, I want to walk whenever I'm 60. Yeah, I want to. So, do you give these kids that come in the gym advice that want to play professionally? Do you do you egg them on to go that professional route, or do you tell them to find different avenues to be successful further down I'll, the line? I have, I have something to add to that. Go ahead. I'll you tell you start. because that's their dreams, that's their goals. I support it 100. Um, percent Something that I don't want to be is the guy that tells you, "Hey, probably not going to make the NFL." Statistically speaking. And then everybody finds out that oh Zach's just he, he's yeah, he 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 came up short so he doesn't want anybody else so I'm very big into somebody who I think has a really good chance is Reed Miller yeah for sure. Reed um, has a good chance I've been pumping him mm-hmm. from day one I'd love to see him get there just because you know that's his dream and I'd, mm-hmm. I'd love to see it happen for him but um and we all would you know if and I'll tell you if Reed doesn't make it he's had a better career than me I yeah. mean he's uh, he's a stud. He did really well in his combine. He's getting looked at from from some NFL teams. I mean, also. he's been to a couple camps, so XFL like he's teams. he's worn an NFL jersey. That's so, great. but like the him. difference between Reed and me is he's not happy with that. I no. would be happy with that. Yeah. And Reed says, "Nah, I'm gonna get there." So that's yeah. what makes me think he'll probably get there. But um, but yeah, man, the psyche of an athlete. I mean, and they make sports. They're sports psychologists because right. it's such a high stress environment, and people don't realize you know what goes along with that. But yeah. I'll tell you, it was tough not to say I was going to hurt myself or anything like that, but I, I remember vividly talking to my parents saying, you won't see me again. I'll never come back to Altoona. I'll never come back to Pennsylvania. I'm leaving wow. because I'm the football guy. I came up short. I got hurt. You'll never see me again. When would right? you come back, though? Now he's the PT guy. <laughs> now everybody's knocking yeah. at his door, so it's yeah. funny how things change. But well, everybody, everybody knows I can't go too far away from my mommy. Yeah, Aww. Jen Babe. Yeah. Rides by nighty. Rides we'll by have to nighty. dive into that. Uh, but my, yeah. my attitude towards that is I always encourage that, but I always make sure that they have something in, in mind that they could, like, there could be something else to do. Right. Like, I, I, ne- I never say, well, you should do this anyway because you're not going to make it. It's more of like, hey, we're going to try our, our asses off to help get you there. But what are you majoring in? Like, what do you want to do? 
and I always kind of have that conversation to make sure they know there's another option. Have because, a plan. Yeah, because I knew I knew whenever I like my second or third year, I knew I wasn't going to make it to the NHL. So I, I had already planned my exit and kind of gave myself like, hey, I got three more years. If I don't get to this level, which my my goal at that time was the AHL, if I don't get to this level, I'm done. I've, and I've, I was just going to kind of quit. Remember having that conversation. Yeah, like I'm giving myself three years. If I don't get there, done. And then within like 18 months, God said otherwise. And like, hey, so I knew that I was going to be a PT. And I remember talking to Freddie saying, like, hey, what's the plan, man? Because I knew that I wanted him. I always wanted to get get him into sports training. It so it kind of. Worked out well. Yeah, it, okay. let me tell you about me a little bit. I, I want to uh, hear about it because <laughs> you, you have a different aspect. You get so to I made it to about guys. eighth, ninth grade, and I was really Sorry, good, man. I could ball, baseball, basketball, football, hockey. His own. And it got a little too competitive around eighth, ninth grade. That's when I quit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get. I'm Sorry. gonna use the bathroom real yeah, quick. And that was the end of my career. But it, oh, I'm back. Kind of, kind of piggybacking. <laughs> so on then what, I decided to talk about sports. Kind of piggybacking on what uh, Zach's experience has been, like being the ho- like the football guy. My the conversations I used to have in the hockey rink here were all about my career as a hockey player. Now it's hey, I know you do sports now. Like it, it's funny how that I'm no longer the hockey guy in the rink. I'm the strength and conditioning guy in the right. rink. I mean, there are still some people that know uh, that I played, but that's not what people are like seeking out anymore. So it's funny. Like I don't remember exactly when that that change had happened, but it's very similar. So it was a Tuesday night. It was Champs. Tuesday at Champs. <laughs> Is that when it happened? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's when it happened. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Joe Mergo. But um, <laughs> so I'm really curious. So you, you're playing, and then I remember you came home, and, you're, and you and I had the conversation. You're like, I might be done. I'm, I'm thinking I might be doing something else. And I had asked you if you wanted to get into coaching. Um, and you were like, I don't know if I want to do coaching. You're, you're just kind of done with that lifestyle for a bit. When did you and how did you kind of get hooked up with the role you're in now? So I'll tell you, start out by how I decided that I wasn't going to play professionally anymore because I was yeah. still chasing the dream going into the summer after I rehabbed that whole year and then yeah. going. So I went on vacation. Because we had planned whenever you got back from China to start right. training again. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. And maybe the beach ruined me, but I went down to um, Myrtle Beach. Oh, that's right. You're there for a while. Sat on the beach for probably two weeks straight, and that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because, you know, you're down there, and I love my beer. Anybody knows me. I, I, I love <laughs> this, my beer. This, broad, this, this podcast is brought to you by Corona. <laughs> we could we could only wish. But anyways, <laughs> I was down there two weeks sitting on the beach, and I was just anxious every day about not working out, not being in the gym. And I knew I had to be in the gym because if you don't show up ready um, professionally, they're, they're just going to cut you. Like, yeah. There's no Why are they going to pay if you're not putting Yeah, they don't care about how you feel. Um, and I was anxious, and I just decided in that moment, I was like, if I feel like this, I'll, I'll feel like this forever um, if I'm not in the gym. or, And I didn't, I didn't want to live like that. I didn't want to have my relationships, uh, friendships be ruined by right. a, a basketball, you know what I mean? Or not ruined, but changed because I'm not able to spend time with people right. who matter most. So I was literally on the beach sitting in a chair, and I was drinking beer, Maybe too many, but uh, <laughs> no such thing. And I decided I was like, I'm done with it. And I told my mom and stepdad, and they they came down that same week. And I was like, I'm done playing. Like it, it's it's not for me anymore. If I'm feeling like this on the beach, and how'd your parents take it? They were kind of um, they hid their feelings. Well, I feel like um, they wanted me to chase a dream because they feel like. Like most people probably feel like that there's a ton of money in it because you see the NBA guys <laughs> making millions, and I'm like, mm-hmm. but 
There's not that much money. Can in I my, add to that? My first contract, I was eligible for food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> not and, a joke. And that's what most of them are. It's like you get a, a $800 salary and three meals, and it's like that's you can't live off that. But they probably also saw you growing up and how much it meant to you and how good you were, and they probably wanted you to not give it up. Right. You know, I'm sure from, from and, their standpoint. Yeah, and they had a big investment. In investment, yeah. yeah. Summer yeah. AU, and I'm all these kids are doing the AU thing, and that's a huge investment for these yeah. parents. But, yeah, they um, but they, they encouraged me to do whatever I wanted, and then yeah. the opportunity came to coach up at St. Francis, and I jumped on that. Cause I coach, think that was a huge stepping, like, I mm-hmm. think that was a big, big part in your life, kind Certainly. of just oh. seeing being on the other side Without of it. Without a doubt. And for those who don't know, I actually lived with Coach Kremel for – Wow. Probably five months. I lived in their basement. And I remember he's that. one of my favorite people. Oh man, love what a that dude. guy. Yeah, Coach Kramer, this beer's for you. Yeah, if you're listening. You <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Uh, but yeah, I lived in their basement. And Aileen, we would do um, PT around the clock. She was like, "If you're trying to go play, we're we're gonna get you back in five months." And the first game I played was like five and a half months later, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So she was helping me out down in the basement. We would do stuff in the morning and at night, um, and then I. Built this bond with the two kids, Alex and Tommy. So that was that was great. So, in the end, tearing the ACL gave me more things than it ever took from me. Um, that's an awesome way of looking at it. Great perspective, yeah. And it, it's that's all I can say about it because I think yeah. I think we're in a time in life where we hold on to two things too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on to adversity, we grip it and want to try to change it mm-hmm. instead of just you know just letting it go and say. I yep. wish <laughs> I wish we could have a podcast with Ronnie when I first met him compared to Ronnie now, because just his outlook on things is so much different. When you were sitting on the beach, is that when you started growing this glorious mane of hair? No, it wasn't. No, long this is the that. second hair round. Yeah, this is the second round. Yeah, yeah. I had a man bun back in the day, but yes. cut it off. So this is the second round of hair. It's, it fits it's and facial hair it fits you. It's can, perfect. Yeah. Can you describe it, Freddie? It's long and luxurious. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Love it. You have a sexy voice. Thank you. <laughs> I make it a little deeper for the podcast. Zach, I feel like we should leave. <laughs> I haven't seen. Listen, th- this is only the second time I've seen Ronnie in how long? Freddie Christmas. 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 Oh, yeah, too. Christmas. Yeah, he was at Freddy, our DSP Christmas party. Freddie was so excited to see Ronnie when he got back from China. He showed up an hour late to see. Oh him. yeah, we were out there throwing the football. I remember That's that? Right. Yeah, I was. Do- I didn't even know he was coming. I was doing things. <laughs> I get a picture. You say you need to get to the gym like right now. So I'm thinking, oh great, the, there's a hole in the ceiling and. Were leaking something. And I then was he running sent me a errands. He sent me. I actually cut what I was doing short to come see Ronnie. <laughs> so you're wrong. That makes us feel. Yeah, because I didn't. Because <laughs> I didn't. Right. Yeah. Casey, let me ask you something. Yes, sir. You reported on all this stuff. So you got the the shootings, mass shootings, and all this. Yeah, yeah. The negativity in the world. How do you how do you go about dealing with that or handling that from a, a reporter? That's a good question. Like, yeah, and I'll tell you from you know kind of tying it in with this conversation is that um, I always knew I wanted to do broadcasting from like. Three, four, no, four or five years old. I always knew I wanted to do broadcasting, mostly sports. I love sports, but um, I found this avenue about four or five years ago. There was an opportunity to, to do to do some news, and that would make me hopefully a little bit more marketable down the road. But it's interesting you bring that up because that is the biggest challenge day to day in these last few days. Really, really challenging. With with, and we'll talk about um, Nick coming up in a little bit, but. But it's been really hard, and I can only. I'm, you're from Dayton. I can yeah, only imagine, yeah. um, you know, how that how that is for you right now. Um, my thing is with with these things, it's tough because when you're when the camera goes on and you're and you're seeing those words in the in the in the prompter, it's tough to not humanize it because you're human. Do right. you, do you see tough. the script before it comes up on the? That was my question. Um, 
Because that way, like, especially for things like that, because you can kind of get that initial emotion out. Yeah. And kind of just, like, prep yourself for what you're going to talk about. I, I sometimes don't have time to read through it. Really? Okay. I'm familiar enough with the story to where, you know, if the prompter would go down, I could still... We would call Finish. it ad lib around it. Yeah, but um, but you're not finding out about the news story as you read it. No. Yeah. Okay. okay. I stay pretty cu- up on current stuff. I mean, when that stuff hit, actually, I think you told me about it because we were yeah because I stayed I was, at your house Saturday. I was like, did you see what happened like yeah, in El Paso and Dayton? So keep keep going. The fact that there were two of them this weekend, and I'll tell you this too: 1998. I was a seventh grader, and we had a school shooting in our school. Our science teacher was killed. Where, where were you there? In? Edinburgh. I was there. Yeah, I was. Uh, wow. There were six of us seventh graders on student council, and John, Mr. Gillette, the science teacher, was killed. Was the student council president or the student council advisor? And he said, "Hey, we'd like to. You guys have done such a great job. The eighth grade prom, we're going to have it, and we'd like to have you six seventh graders come, and you can be servers for the prom." I was like, "Oh my God, it's so cool! I love it. You know, the eighth graders, are the coolest kids on the planet." So we were invited to this dance. And that's when it happened. The point is, is that that was in 1998. That was 21 years ago. It was a year before Columbine. We were one of the first school shootings. I was really? five years old. Five years old. And the five f- years old. The fact that this is still happening. Yeah. I mean, if you would have told me back then that we would still have, you know, we'd have two mass shootings in the same weekend within hours of each other in 2019 when I was, you know, 1998, I was a seventh grader, I would have said you're crazy. So, you know, it's tough. It's tough to not humanize it. Especially when you're broadcasting it and stuff. I mean, um, finding out about Nick and just everybody that knew him and saying all these words. I mean, frankly, the other day, you know, I was just like, you know, I, you have to be, you, you got to be strong. You can't, you know, you can't break down. But no, I definitely felt the felt the emotion. No question about it. Wow. So, can you give us a background? Like, so Nick was a St. Francis student. So I believe he actually. So Zach and I had taught an FMS course at St. Francis. And we would, we would pop in at a, in a kinesiology class for mm-hmm. a few years. And I think he took our last one. I remember seeing him. And I, I can't remember specifically. We never had a conversation, but I remember seeing him there. Grad student, I believe? Yeah. Yeah, he went there undergrad. Undergrad? So he was started school in 2013, I believe. He okay. was a year after me. We were in the same exercise physiology program. Because mm-hmm. um, I, th- I talked to him. Back in March, I believe, at a basketball game, I saw him up there. He was a graduate assistant for the band. He was also in band. This dude yeah. was talented. Yep. He, could do, he could do it all. Um, he took a year off school after undergrad and then went back for his master's as graduate assistant in the cancer, cro- uh, cancer care program mm-hmm. up there. So um, he finished that up, and then he was on an internship um, in Dayton, and that's where he was. Uh, Jeez. Yeah. And sad. That, that's sad. That was the Oregon district. That's like a kind of a... That's uh, would be like a um, there's bars and stuff there. That's yeah. kind of where you'd go out, kind of like nightlife and right. stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Is this close Happening. to where you grew up? Uh, not so much. So I was born in Dayton, but uh, this Oregon district is right by um, University of Dayton. Okay. So it's a young people, young people. It's a kind of like crowd. a Carson Street in yeah. Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Not as not as big though. A lot of restaurants, bar type things down yeah. there. Um, it's a very cool place to hang out and grab a beer, grab some food. Um, which so is what everybody was doing. It exactly, like. and it's uh, it's sad that it happened there because it's like a lot of people go there. It's very Dayton. Dayton's a city that's there's not a lot of bright spots in it, but mm-hmm. I would have to say the Oregon District is one of the bright spots in Dayton. And was this a guy that traveled like 600 miles? I to think this that, was that was the El Paso. That was the El Paso yeah. guy yeah. that went to Walmart. Was there a motive for this one? Not that I know of. Um, yeah, El Paso, sure. there certainly was. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there was at least. But that was racially motivated. Yeah. He tra- he traveled a long ways. But 
Um, the Dayton one, I don't think so, no, and I don't I think you'll heard. find out because uh, they they killed him. So that's so crazy. Yeah. It's it 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 doesn't seem real because we in Altoona we haven't really experienced anything like that. Thank God. But um, if it were to happen in your hotel, hometown, I couldn't imagine. Like, because I'm sure you've been. Have you been to the restaurant that that happened at? Last time I was home, we went down there to eat. I wasn't at this particular, but you were right there. Yeah, but we went down there. That's so crazy. Just one of those random days that. Shit hit it could the happen fan. anywhere. That's Man. the crazy part. Is Edinburgh, Edinburgh, yeah. Pennsylvania, <laughs> which is like, you know, everybody knows everybody. Into yeah. I mean, you've had a couple crazy things happen. The pizza bomber. Yeah, we had that in Erie. Yeah, yeah that was. Uh, <laughs> it was another thing we had. You know, my my grandma had Marjorie Deal Armstrong as a as a third grade student. She was the the main culprit of the pizza bomber. My dad taught with the other guy. Um, we had some connections to that, and then yeah, the school shooting in '98 was a huge. That was like. That was huge because school shooting. I think there were maybe two or three other ones at that time. Mm -hmm. We were one of the first ones. Now it seems that it's like once at least a couple times a year. And this was actually almost a. We were April of '98, and Columbine was April of '99. Yeah. So Columbine was like exactly a year later. Yeah. So Um, you were how old? Right. You talking right now? No. When Columbine? Oh. So I was born in '93. Okay. So you're six years younger than us. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm just trying to remember. But the crazy thing is, as you say, like. Everybody says Altoona is a smaller city. Um, it would never happen here, but you can't say that. Yeah. Look where they have, I mean, Walmart, movie theaters, school. Yeah. It's not just schools. Yeah. Dayton's not that big. Dayton's, what's Altoona? 50. 50. I think Dayton's 100, maybe. Yeah, twice the size. Yeah. It's nuts. But but they're happening everywhere. Yeah. So, But, I mean, kind of uh, going along with, like, obviously, those are very tragic things that happen, but sometimes there, there's always stories that come out of those. And I'll, I'll share one. Um, mm-hmm. I was on Twitter um, today. The and cop? No, this no. was this was about Nick. There's okay. So I knew I knew there was going to be a story or something good to mm-hmm. come out of the story. So and I don't want to say good as there's good in his death or there's good in this whole situation. But, but it just shines a light on what kind of person. Yeah, and, and this goes. Um, someone posted on Facebook um, a stranger to who uh, to Nick um, said that. The cousin's manager was shot in the knee, and Nick had ended up grabbing and throwing an individual down to the oh floor my. and saving saving her life. Oh, oh my awesome. gosh! And and that's and that's the good I'm trying to point out. Just right. the type of person he was, and yeah. the dude could do it all. Man, he was good looking. He yep. Good at sports, played band, music, band, yep, everything. Yeah. He was a nice guy. He was helping well, cancer patients out in Dayton. Right. Shout out to Nick, man. Yeah. Everybody that talked about him, um, yourself included. I mean, just wonderful things to say about him. Right. So, yeah, but he'll be just, missed for sure. Just kind of along the same lines as far as, like, finding, like, the silver lining in a, in a negative situation. You, Ronnie, unfortunately, went through something, something himself uh, that hits home, and out of that came a nonprofit, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, Together Addiction Meets an End, which we are really happy to be a part of mm-hmm. and help out with. Um, can you kind of shed some light on what that is and, and kind of what started it and Mm-hmm. I, I really want to talk about the bicycle thing that you did too. So okay, yeah. Um, so back in last July, um, so I lost my brother to uh, a drug overdose, or that's what they say it was. Whatever right. you want to call it, suicide, whatever you, it may be. In the end, um, accidental overdose or whatever it may be. But he was drugs were involved at, at the end of the day. Um, lost him in end of July, I believe it was. Um, so I knew right away I wanted to do something um, that was big, wanted to 
give back. And it happened really quick. It was like two weeks after, and you were. I remember when this all went yeah. down. <laughs> Crazy enough, yeah. Um, and I, that's that's the thing is I was fueled by that um, that whatever you may call it, anger, or grief, or whatever it was, and sure. I think that pushed me through the bicycle ride because. To be honest, I'd never do that again. <laughs> one of the, that, one of you, the hardest things I've done. That was to Florida. Was yeah. that? Yeah. So can you the? I remember he, you doing that. Was not an easy ride because oh within like six days, I got a phone call said, "Dude, somebody <laughs> Kate yeah. ran over my bike." <laughs> yeah. So yeah. wait, you, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's crazy, crazy story. story. Can you tell everybody oh that's listening gosh. right now that what what that bike? So to give you an idea, what Ronnie did was to help raise money to to fight addiction. Ronnie scheduled a bike ride and it's not like your normal 50 miler he scheduled it from we left uh altoona pennsylvania on august 18th to delray florida beach which is deep down in florida very deep and it ended up being like 1200 miles i believe which was cool because that's your brother wanted was about to move there yes he so you did that that ride is that why you picked that yeah he did a rehab stint down there and he wanted to move back um I don't know if to get clean or if he enjoyed it down there, but end of the day, that's where he wanted to be. Yeah, so he he took um, a ride down there, and it it was uh, you could follow. He posted videos daily. It was a really cool way of kind of kickstarting this because you met some really cool people oh man, we, we, on the way down that yeah. shared a very similar story to right. what your brother had gone through. Right. Um. So that twelve hundred miles, <laughs> just. Uh, can you tell the story about what happened with your bike when, <laughs> when Kate ran over it? Yeah, let me just say, oh day gosh. one, I wanted to quit. Um, yes. I was telling Zach earlier. I How far did you get? S- about 60 miles. Um, but I was new on a bike. I've never rode yeah. a You bike. bought a bike, yeah. and then within two weeks, you're riding oh, the floor. Yeah. You rode it like twice before oh, we right. you started. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, just the mental, the mental aspect yeah, of right. this is more impressive than the, the physical. The most training miles I did was about 30. And the first day we did try to do sixty or sixty five or something like that, but I didn't know how to ride up and down. <laughs> how mountains. many miles to Florida? Twelve hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty miles. You should right. be good. <laughs> yes. right. I thought I was good. You should get there. Um, oh my god! But uh, it's all mental after yeah, that. Exactly. I think. Yeah. That's what I realized was we're doing something physical, but if you can get over the mental, the the humps of the the daily grind of just yeah. riding long miles, then yeah. you're good to go. But. It's that easy. I'm going. I'm gonna <laughs> Zach just bought a bike. Zach, too, don't so. get any ideas. That's what I'm saying, man. You're going to love it. Don't You're going to love ideas. it. Did you sell that bike? No, I still have it. I'm looking for one, so. I still have it. Anyway, continue. All right. So um, day one, I didn't know how to ride the uh, Pennsylvania mountains. I didn't realize there were that many mountains. We're or in the Appalachians. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm from Ohio. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we're, it's all flat ground. Uh, but when I was telling Zach, you learn how to shift the gears to make it easier climbing hills or, or going down hills. Um, but I was just so gung-ho. I was just grinding out hills, and we got to about mile, like, 65, I think. We were trying to go 75 that day to the nearest hotel, um, and I started cramping up. I was like, I can't do this. Oh. Like, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up pushing through that first day. Um, we saw some, some beautiful sights. Uh, oh, I'm and sure. Then, and then what Freddie's talking about is the day my bike got ran over. Um, oh, my <laughs> which God. Is kind of a, which is kind of a problem. The day my <laughs> bike got run over. Freddie may not be looking for a bike anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's still it got some fixed. damages to yeah, it. Uh, but it leads to a cool story um, to a guy I met that actually fixed the bike. Um, so This is the best part of the story. The bike, I was so damn tired. Uh, we, I laid the bike down. We were on, like, mile 90. I had, we had to do, like, 10 more. I wanted to do 100 that day. Because the day before we did like 40 or 50, it was like a, a rest day or whatever you want to call it. 
Um, so I laid the bike down. And this is probably 90 degree weather, and I'm sweating. I'm, and I'm a sweater. I can't stay hydrated. I hear you. I'm the same way. Yeah, I saw you looking sweaty and sexy <laughs> <laughs> coming into the door. But anyway. Uh, swole, too. A little swole. <laughs> uh, I laid the bike down, and I got in the Jeep, and I was like. Because you had, people were following you the entire way down. Right, right. And I, did, I didn't feel comfortable with the bike, where it was laying, and where we were next to the road. So I'm like, I asked Kate to move the, to move the Jeep, and me being as tired as, as I was, I forgot bike. about the bike. Uh. <laughs> and I knew we were close to the road, so I was like, just back it up and let's get away from the road so we can relax for like an hour and hydrate and stuff like that. And she backed up and <laughs> the bike was there. <laughs> the bike, <laughs> the bike no. took the girl. Yeah. And, oh. it, and at first, because there was like a ravine with a, um, a drainage system, a metal drainage system. So we were like, oh, we just hit the thing. Like, no big deal. Maybe the cars messed up a little bit. And we got out and looked down and I was like, oh. And it's Ronnie, one of those fleeting moments. I was going like, to say, you see that bike the way it looked, and you really, I mean, this is the whole mission that you're on. It you actually saw, wasn't as bad but as you probably originally thought. Where did it thought. get run over? At? Like a ti- back tire, front tire? So, um, the back tire got ran over, so the pedal got bent sideways, which, if you know anything about bikes, that's replaceable. Okay. Um, the rear, like, gear shaft, um, the bracket that holds it broke. Luckily, it was just the bracket, because that can be replaced. Okay. But we didn't know this in the moment. I, I have no clue about bikes. Like I didn't know. Anything. So you're thinking the worst. Yeah, I thought I, I thought we were getting ready to drive, start driving home. Yeah, this was, and it a was valiant effort. But we're gonna have to turn around. It was one of those moments, like last ditch effort. Let me just see if there's a bike shop around here, and like let's see what they say about it. So we'll just we grabbed a hotel, grabbed some food, and hit up this bike shop. And they weren't open that night, but the next morning they opened at seven a.m. So I was like, I'll just take it down there in the morning and see if they can fix it, or even. Even at worst, let, let me just ask if they'll loan us a bike and like yeah. see how much it costs to rent a bike and ride it the rest of the way. So I get in there and there's this guy, excuse me, there's this guy, bald guy, about six one, six two, pretty big guy, and he's he doesn't say anything. He, I'm sure it's going in there at seven a.m. No one's going to say much, right, but right. I walk in and it's dimly lit. It's 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 an eerie like visual, like if I can explain it. But we go in there and. It's just me and him, and uh, he finally acknowledges me. He's like, can I help you? And I, I'm just like, I got a bike outside. It got ran over. I need you to fix it. And he's like, all right. Um, and be known, there's like six bikes hanging on the ceiling, and they work. So I, you could tell he was backed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, what happened? Like, one of the story. So I told him the story, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing this ride down to Florida. And he's probably thinking I'm crazy, but. Uh, I was like, I'm doing it for my brother who just died in overdose, and uh, we're trying to honor him and raise awareness and stuff like that. And he paused for probably a good minute, and then he said, I just lost my brother, too. Yeah. Whoa. Crazy wow. story. Yeah. Holy. And, uh, and then he started opening up and, like, talking to me once oh I told gosh. him that. And, uh, and he had just lost him about a month or two ago, and he was like, yeah, this affects more people than than we realize. This is like an actual problem. Yeah. Um, so he took my bike right away and started working on it. He was like, "I'll look at it. I don't know if I can fix it though." <laughs> so I was like, "Man, anything you can do, we'll like get me back on the road right. again." Yeah, exactly. Uh, we we appreciate any efforts you can put into this. So about an hour and a half later, he was like, "Man, I, everything's fixed." Like he gave us a great deal in fixing the bike. Oh my gosh! We hopped back right back on the road that day. It was a crazy story. That's amazing. And he was he was one of 
one of three dudes we met uh, on that trip that were affected and oh my god had a crazy story behind it. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever wow. reach out to him after just to like thank him or anything? I didn't. We followed his business on um, um, on Facebook, and uh, I sent him after the ride was over. I sent him a kind of like thank you, kind of saved yeah. our ride type yeah. of deal. What's it, do you know? Do you remember the name? So it's pr- Green Lizard Bicycle Shop or something. It's a brewery, coffee shop, and a bicycle shop wow. all in one. Wow. Yeah, oh, and, that's um, cool. That sounds like a Chris Hahn spot in uh, <laughs> in Herndon. <laughs> that sounds like a road trip. Yeah. Herndon, Virginia. Herndon. I oh, think how you say it. Yeah. Let me, let me oh, that's look. cool. Yeah, Green Lizard. I think was the name. Shout of out him. Green Lizard. Yeah, he we should he go give them a follow. Just go visit them. Yeah, it's, it's not that far. Away. I like. I don't ride bikes, but I drink beer. <laughs> I like beer <laughs> and, and coffee. I like coffee. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a great place. I ride bikes. You just you don't even have a bike yet. You just bought one. So that so let me ask you on, the, on that trip, like, was every time that you wanted to kind of give it up and head back, was it the thought of your brother that you said, yeah, I can't do that, I got to keep going? That's a good question. I don't know if it was the why'd you keep going? I don't know if it was the thought of him or just the thought of the people out there still struggling. Yeah. It wasn't just about my brother. My brother was. His his legacy was something different. I'd wanted to do it for the people that were still battling. I wanted to raise awareness for mm-hmm. to give people an avenue to say you can reach out and not get to the point to where my brother was or lose your life to an addiction or a drug or or something that you struggle with. Even if it's like a mental illness, not even drugs or alcohol. It's like people these days that are struggling, but they're ashamed or afraid to be made fun of to like come out mm-hmm. and get help and. Right. and and I think a lot of people struggle with that, and it's um, it was a problem. So that that kept me going. Um, that was probably the biggest uh, motivator in it all was the people out there still going through it. You know what I mean? How, how, long, how long? How long did it take you to get to Florida? Fifteen days. Fifteen days. That's yeah, good. and then you ended up meeting the mayor of Delray, right? We were supposed to, but Aww. she ended up canceling on because we were a little late um, getting down there. So the days got mixed up, and she had something something else that she had to honor. Where we were down there, and then what'd you do while you're down there? You didn't just turn around and come back. No, my family came down and okay. we um, took my brother's ashes out to the beach oh, uh, and sent them oh, out. I didn't know that beach. part. That's yeah, cool. They, wow, mom, sister, um, uh, actually three sisters, and then Kate's family came out and wow. we took the ashes out and spread them on the beach, and then had a little celebration, a little dinner to end That's it. Cool. And then drove back. Yeah, um, I remember asking you, like, you riding a bike anytime soon? He goes, it'll be a while. <laughs> so <laughs> I still haven't got back on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, any, like, close encounters with, like, stupid drivers or anything like that? Or is it pretty smooth sailing when you were actually on the road? It, it was um, pretty smooth. Um, well, there was that one that uh, backed over the bike. Well, other, <laughs> yeah. Other than Fire the person her. who wants to be there, yeah. <laughs> no, no, um, no scares. Luckily, um, we had some... Mad drivers. The, you get down to like the Virginia area yeah, when like, you're hitting it slow. Yeah, yeah. And they you got a car behind us, so they got to go around and you get in two lane traffic, and it's, they're pissed off. But then yeah. we wrote tame on the back of the car, and then people started encouraging us and getting less mad about what we were doing and um, about the goal we had in mind. So people yeah. started encouraging instead of getting mad that we were. I heard that's a problem around here too. When I got the bike, they said that. You know, Altoona is not set up. Right. There's no bike lanes here. No. So, and and I've been there. If if you want to find somebody to watch on how to handle bike lanes, start following Sean Avery on Instagram. He was a ex NHLer. And he his, was a nuisance. His, his he wasn't life, even an NHLer. He's a nuisance. He was, <laughs> I would have I would have loved him on my team, but maybe he uh, he lives in New York City and he's in the bike lane every morning and he Instagram stories 
fighting with people that park in the bike lane or in the way. Really? And he does not hold back. But I his goal is... everybody, though. It's he, awesome. <laughs> I give him Sean that. Avery on Instagram. Give him a follow for the bike lane stories. Every morning, he, he, it's hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. Let so me give ask him a follow guys, right now. Let me, not to interrupt, but let me ask you guys something about going into whole, like, the mental illness and the, the drug abuse and mm-hmm. maybe people struggle with alcohol or whatever, but what are your outlets to life? Like, how do, how do you, not, I don't want to say escape, not everybody needs an escape or a route to get away from daily life, but wh- what's our outlet? I think what's we're sitting, outlet? Yeah. I think we're sitting here in a place that is a great outlet. I this, think this gym, I think the ma- PT. Yeah. yeah. Well, sure. I think, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think a major- I would say a majority of people in here, what we're doing is that outlet, outlet for them. Yeah. How does that make you feel that you, you're, you guys are providing an outlet. You guys are providing the community to, for people to come in. And people forget the problems when they're in there. Like you know, yeah. I, mean? oh gosh, I can yeah. I can speak firsthand of what it did for me as a as a person as a friend. Basically, that's community in there. Right. You guys it are is. building something that's. You guys will have those friendships forever. I, I say my day is not complete until I come in here. Yeah, I, it, it's a it's a tough question because I. I try not to think too much about that and just kind of make sure what we're doing is, is, is giving people the best that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are days that, like, I'll catch myself, like, sitting in the corner and then there's 200 people in here doing what, like, just whatever they're doing. I asked you the one day. Yeah. I was like, do you ever, like, right now, because it was a, I mean, there was, I don't remember, it was a probably a month probably, or so ago. Was it a Saturday class? No, it was, it was like a, just a random day during the week. And I went back. He was, he was back in the, in the lifting area. And there were a lot of people for whatever reason that day. It was a huge CrossFit class. There were just people everywhere. I was like, hey, Fred, just right now, just stop. And you ever just look out? And you were just kind of like, yeah, you know, I think you're kind of weirded out that I said it. But I noticed it. No, not not weird. It's just it's hard sometimes when you're so so in it to Mm -hmm. really take a step back. And see it, but it's cool when you, whenever you get that opportunity and because and do that. we're both our biggest critics, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, like what I'm doing is brand new, this area has never seen it, yeah. and it's something there's that a lot of copycats uh, now, yeah. There's some copycats, but there's it's, only one Zach Hallman, but now. as long as people get better from it, that's great, yeah. Um, but I would tell you that it's uh, we're our biggest, we're our biggest critics, we always want to like. Fred and I want to, we're separate businesses, but we both want to grow individually and, and for each other. Right. Not because we want to be making a ton of money or anything like that, right. but we just want to, we, we just want to interact. We want to see yeah. people. But I'll tell you, um, I'd like to share something because I didn't tell you about this. But um, so recently there was a guy that I went to high school with that was killed in a motorcycle accident yesterday. And uh, we saw we saw the aftermath of yeah. it. It was horrific. So mm-hmm. I was feeling pretty bad about it because I know him, and and he was a guy that was in, that in high school. You know, he had his problems, but he really cleaned himself up. He had a kid. He was doing mm-hmm. really well for himself. Yeah, and uh, he was just a good guy. Um, but ultimately, I was talking to one of my patients yesterday, and I was saying how like I almost have survivor's guilt, like. I'm the same age as this guy. And He's 30, he just turned 33, has a baby. Wow. Yeah, he made a mistake. He was driving too fast. Mm-hmm. He he hit a he hit a car and everybody will say the guy's driving recklessly, but you know what? I owned a motorcycle and I would be on the highway and I'd be at 110 and not even know it. Wow. Um but like I was talking to him and I was kind of saying like it's crazy when somebody like that passes away. He has a family. I yeah. I have a wife. Right. But like why not me? You know, you start thinking to yourself and feeling bad for it and feeling guilty. And I got a message from this guy this morning, and he said, uh, 
I just read an article about the accident. And it got me to think of your comment about why you're here and others aren't. Um, because I, I tend to put a lot of people before I put myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, I feel like I missed an opportunity to say I think it's irrelevant why some people are here and others aren't. Any guilt anyone would ever feel should off, be offset by being able to make the most out of the time you're given, which can be as simple as being kind to others or as big as trying to impact the community. I know you probably don't really feel guilty, and I understand completely where the comment came from, um, as it's something that I've thought from time to time myself. But just in case you do, I think it's important that you know that I think you bring tremendous amount of value to our community, and it's obvious you try real hard to make a difference in people's lives. And from a distance, I have tons of admiration for everything you and Freddie have been able to build together. That's it's, cool. It's, it's a really very nice. cool thing to see. Yeah. Sorry if I got a little deep there. No, man, but I we think like people, it. I think people in general are so quick to tear others down but do a shit job at, at – uh, Lifting each other up when the opportunity is there. Just don't want to miss out on this wow. opportunity, which is that's a cool text special. message. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and then he finished by, you know, I said, "Hey, thanks a lot." Like whenever you're having, like, I sometimes I'm here till ten o'clock at night, and I'm busting my butt, and I just wanted to keep growing. And uh, I, you know, I thanked him and whatnot. I said, "Don't mention it. Don't mention it. Just keep fixing my dog shit back." <laughs> said, well, it's true, Zach. I mean, you, true. You, I, I. Ha- you know, I feel like I feel like I've known Zach my entire life. I've known Zach maybe a year. Really? I mean, I mean seriously? Yeah. yeah. I mean, wow. I met him when I started coming to Dormans. When did you guys meet? Uh, I used to run the old place. Yeah. yeah. There's another CrossFit gym in town uh, that's no longer here, but I used to run a barbell club there. I was an Olympic uh, coach okay. there. And Fred's the same way. I mean, first you know time we met. I mean, and Zach was the same way. I mean, you know, we knew we'd be friends, but well, that, but that's just speaking to to what that gentleman was saying is that. You know, you do have that way with people. You're very helpful. I knew that from the first time I met you. You could tell the story of how we met and how how we both just kind of connected. Well, you hated me at first, but Fred annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk. I literally so I was tra- I was training to try to make the NFL and it came up a little short. Um, and uh, I just got a funny text, but anyway. Uh, so I was training at this place that was sports training and whatnot, and and the story that I tell is that every single day Freddie would show up while I was there training. I was running a hockey camp, and he was uh, doing the off ice portion of that hockey camp. I and, was like the camp director, and and he would walk in like completely uninvited, and like I would be trying to do something, usually sitting on his phone. And Fred, that was before phone. That was whenever uh, I had like an antenna. I was probably playing <laughs> Snake, yeah, Zach Morris phone, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, Fred would come in and just start talking to me. We had a mutual friend. I knew who he was. And I would just be like, oh, okay, buddy. And it got to the point where I was telling the guy that I was with, I was like, how do we keep this guy? <laughs> this guy, won't, who is this guy? Like, he won't leave me the hell alone. And Fred would come in, and he was very persistent on wanting to talk to me about yeah. whatever. Usually Jeff Stevens' giant head. Yeah, and I'd just be like, all right, buddy, see you later. And I was like too into what I was doing, but then. Fred and I. Uh, he made the first move. Yeah. Aww. He did. I think I offered, hey, do you want to get some coffee or something? And Beers. It's the same way Zach was with me. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. persistent. Well, I had he still no choice. is persistent. Yeah. yeah. He touches my leg, Ronnie. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. Yeah. 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 Well, see that don't case, be. See that case? <laughs> you you don't be. appreciate me. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, uh, so Tame kind of got off and running. And then, uh, hold on, Zach needs a cerveza. Um, <laughs> So after you get done with Tame, uh, you decide. So did, you got back into coaching for a little bit for St. Francis after that started, and then you made the transition to China. 
Yeah. So the the relationship I built when you trained me to go mm. over and play was the same connection, same connection avenue that I'm I'm in right now. Basically. Okay. So they did they start a whole new business over there, um, or kind of just kind of like tie in with one that was yeah currently it's it's basically a new um new business we saw the market for basketball um over there they want to is yao ming like the guy he's head oh, of the no the, way their cba or whatever the, yeah the, basically they're you equipment. have interactions with him do you get to no, meet him no, no. i wish yeah that'd, that'd be, be awesome. awesome yeah he was the the tallest man but like he was proportionate yeah yeah like he didn't the, he looked, that, did, have you seen that taco fall oh yeah, yeah he's Dude. lengthy man my but he's athletic. Yeah, my he friend, is. Yeah, yeah. He works for the Celtics, and he, they were out in Vegas um, for summer league, and he was like, "We can't even go out because Taco Fall is huge, and everybody swarms to him." So they were talking about how they went to his concert or whatever, and Taco Fall's seven six or whatever he is. He's like, front. "We can't, we can't even go out. Like, <laughs> yeah. we can't even grab a beer." It's too obvious. Yeah, it's because even me, I mean, uh, Ronnie, how tall are you? You're like six seven. Six seven. Yeah. Yeah, I'm six five. We've gone out together with guys that are both like six eight, six seven, six five. Zach's the smallest in the group yeah. at six three. <laughs> Jeez. So it's really funny whenever you walk out and the head turns you get. I couldn't imagine being seven six. Right. And is clearly he, he's is athletic. He, is he really athletic though? Watch him move. He can play. He just he, he can run. He can block shots. He's not like a minute bull where he's just tall and lanky. That's the guy who I remember. Like, yeah. The guy but actually like, can move. Could he line up as a wide receiver and catch a football? Probably. No, no. I don't. I don't think he'd do it in the NFL. I, I think like, he could catch what a football. What defines athletic? He can play one. He's athletic one for position. for ba- or for basketball. Like, could he hit a fastball? <laughs> can you hit a fastball? <laughs> no, I'm not saying I'm athletic. <laughs> oh, okay, but I think he's I could hit a fastball by most people. Can't you, hit a fastball. you know how like minute bull was awkward to watch because yeah. he just moved awkward. Yeah. Like if you didn't know. He was seven six. He looks like a I don't want to say normal because he's he's a little bit more lanky, but he looks like a normal sized person mm-hmm. moving yeah. from an athletic standpoint. Like he's he's not like that awkward. Have you seen the seventeen year old kid from? Uh, I think he's I've from. Seen, I've seen like Ukraine, but videos. he's over here playing oh, okay. at prep school. Yeah, he's seven that. seven. That guy looks awkward. Yeah. Jeez, he doesn't move. He well is sixteen. At all. I feel so bad for him because yeah. I cannot How do you move. Well? You're not going to be. Can't. He won't have any longevity either. Sadly, no. So what was the? Uh, just I've I've never been overseas, I've, um, but what was like the culture like the the culture shock? Did you have any, or is it like eating? I'm sure the food like in China. You mean yeah? Um, had to be. What was like that your first week there like? Because you knew you were going to be there for some time. Well, I was kind of eased into it because that was my third time going over. So I went over oh, when I true. played. Yeah. I went over to visit to see if I really wanted to make the move over there, and then third time was when I finally made the official move and moved over there for for. Where I'm now, basically, um, the biggest probably shock was how people treated you. You like you go over there and you're six seven, a white guy in a, a country that's the biggest per- person you probably see is five five, maybe five yeah. six. And they're just that's just how they are. They're all short, and but they look up to you and they're they love Americans. That, that's one misconception we have about the Chinese people is like, and I think it comes from the media and the Trump and the sure. trade war and stuff like that. So. But they love Americans. They love America. They want to visit. If you talk to any Chinese person, they're always talking about how they want to see the the New York cities, the LAs, and the Seattles and stuff. They want to come mm-hmm. visit. Um, but they treat you well, and it's um, that's one thing I appreciate about being over there. It made the transition easy. Was just the people you meet, and they're always looking out for you. They're always trying to buy you a drink or take you to dinner. Um, that's cool. How about language? Did you have to, or what do you? You had to learn some Did of it. Did you get hooked up with like a translator? I mean, most of those kids probably don't. Do they know English? They're, 
they're taught English. Um, so what I found Ronnie out, Ronnie actually teaches English. I did, yeah, I do a little bit. Really? Uh, oh, to neat. university students. Yeah. Oh, that's oh cool. wow. Yeah, they hired the company hired me to come on because they had to pass a test to study abroad sure. or whatever. Um, do you teach them like like slang the whole time? A, a lot of them know the slang. They don't know how to. Talk yeah, I know, s- <laughs> I know I know swear words in Spanish. I can't speak it. <laughs> right. It's the same thing. Yeah. But they're all pretty well versed. They know how to. Um, they can like read and write. They just can't speak it. Yeah. Sure. So that's their struggle with speaking it. Um, but the funny story, they put me in a fifth grade Chinese class, like an actual class. Like I'm Billy Madison sitting in the back, <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the back of the class. Back to school. And these kids are like looking Stay back. In school. Like, yeah, it's um, but I stayed there for like three weeks, and I'm like. I can't even understand what the teacher's saying. She's trying to help me out, but she has 50 kids in the class that she's obligated to teach. And I'm just like, I get get out of here. I'm a bigger distraction than, than I'm learning. You have to sit at a desk? Yeah. back at, I was in the very back. <laughs> you were Billy Madison. Yeah, exactly. Really tall Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you ever play dodgeball with those kids? Now I wish I could. I would nail about trouble. 10 of them. <laughs> those kids, they, some of the kids. Here's the thing. They're probably all really good. They s- they've matter. still never come home. No. Their parents are wondering. They're all and they're all stacked up in the gym. Hey, Billy, how's high school? <laughs> <laughs> so, don't you ever say that. <laughs> so what's on the, uh, so when, you, when do you head back? Probably mm, mid to late August. Okay. Probably around that. So Wait, I was curious about the food. Yeah, yeah, we got. Yeah, I yeah. want to talk more food. about culture. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's dig into um the food. It's not. I'm not going to go and get General So's chicken. Nah. That's they don't. The American style Chinese. Yeah. I wish they had it over there, but they don't. Um, McDonald's. Of, they do have McDonald's, yep. but it's, it's more versed for the Chinese people. So yeah. the chicken's a little different. Um, the sandwiches are different. Uh, what Can else? you get a Big Mac? Yeah, they do have Big Macs. They're they probably have like the big ones and then make it regional, like yeah, to what. They're accustomed to, yeah. It's and the double cheeseburgers. I don't know if I, I told. I think I told Zach this, but I tried to order a cheeseburger from some place that wasn't McDonald's, and it was like a fried cheeseburger, oh, and it like had breading around it. I bit into it, uh, and it was soggy, and it. I'll never get it again. That's oh, all I can say. Man. But other than that, um, the thing about Chinese people is they use everything. Like if it's a pig or if it's um, the cow, they or use dog. They do eat dogs. <laughs> I showed Zach. I think I showed yeah. Casey the picture of the I dog on the rotisserie. Thought that was a misconception. I didn't I eat did it. Not for those people true. out there condemning Man. me for talking about dogs, but <laughs> they do eat. They eat the whole animal. It's oh like my. you can eat pig feet, chicken feet, the brains, the eyeballs. Oh man! So it's good to have a Chinese friend who knows what it is, and you can yeah. ask. So you don't want that. <laughs> yeah. But the question is why? Maybe you eat it and you like it. Well, may, uh, maybe you do. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, it or would Silas, be... he's he's thick. He could feed us. Silas, yeah. Yeah. Oh my he'd feed oh. us all for a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Side guy. But like maybe maybe I mean realistically, we've made dogs household pets. You right. know what I mean? If, if if like Ronnie's saying that he's got a friend that's going to tell him, hey, that's Don't such and that. such. I'm not touching it. <laughs> if I just happen to eat it. Then maybe I would like. What if it, you happen to eat it and you like it, and afterwards I said, "Hey, that was a dog." I'd be like, "Would you eat it again?" I'd be like Chris Farley in that Coffee Crystals SNL commercial. <laughs> maybe you haven't seen it, but no. where it's no. just like this shock. You did what? <laughs> <laughs> so what, what? What's been like the weirdest thing you've ate over there? Chicken feet. Um, tell tell the about the brain of the cow. Tell about the markets. Why you don't eat much meat over there? So. 
it's hot. Uh, trop- pretty tropical year-round. It's not refri- uh, sorry, I don't want to map, but I, I don't assume a lot of the market stuff's refrigerated or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh. It, it gets it gets pretty, pretty oh. bad. You go in there. Um, Is that healthy? No. You tell me. <laughs> so it, what? It's bad. Go you ahead, go right. in there. You go in there and you see the the beef and the the chicken and these people. They this is their life, so they're in there probably twelve hours a day, and that oh meat my. is sitting out, and you see the flies all over oh. it. And it's but hot. that's what they're used to, though. Yeah. yeah, right, right. They don't see anything wrong with it, but we get over here, and luckily, I'm, you know, as, a, as in the Western society, we have all these health sanctions and, and stipulations and stuff like that. So we we're like on top of, but I don't eat the meat, I don't get the meat. I would never. It's mm-hmm. that bad. Can you go to? Can you go to a like an American? Grocery store? Yeah, they have like um, import stores, but it's pretty expensive, pretty pricey. It is. Yeah. So what? I mean, on a on a weekly, ba- daily basis. I mean, you have to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What were you eating? What, so what, what breakfast, kind of they don't they into? don't have breakfast food over there. Uh, okay. It's um, it's like a r- soup. It's like a r- they call it michien. It's rice noodles. Okay. Very good. Um, very healthy. That's the thing. It's all the food we're getting over there is fresh. It's like straight from these people's like they're farming this stuff. It's the veggies, the fruits, and um, I eat, occasionally eat some meat uh, from over there. If I know it's from a restaurant, that yeah, is is a good um, is a good meat restaurant, however you want to say it. But uh, I eat a lot of nuts, um, almonds, macadamia nuts. Mm-hmm. I went over there in March, and in three months, I lost twenty five pounds. And I don't know if it's from just the differences in diet from Western culture to over there. You're eating. Straight off the farm, like mm-hmm. well, straight out well, of that, and the portion sizes are definitely smaller. My grandfather has spent a lot of time over there because he was like the president of the Lions Club. Okay, and he would say like, what we normally would eat, like a steak, would feed a family of four. Like that, that sixteen wow. or like the fourteen ounce steak or twelve ounce steak, you're getting like a three ounce for it. Like the yeah. portion now, sizes are that for, much smaller. Now, forgive me, just because it's part of the Lions Club, that means that they go to China. What's the Lions Club? <laughs> It's a like a non-profit charity organization that's worldwide, oh, okay. and he was like the president of the USA chapter. Gotcha, gotcha. He was kind of a big deal for a long time. Gotcha. Yeah, you don't see many o- obese people or overweight people that's over there. That's because they eat rice with chocolate. Well, yeah, you do, yeah. and it's from you ever oh, you doing that? they drink a lot of alcohol. Do and they? That's that's the biggest one of the biggest things in their culture is if they're having dinner, there's always rice um, wine. Rice wine. It's called baijiu, um, and they're drinking that. Er- Basically every day, or every time there's like a family gathering, they're always drinking beer. The bars are always packed Monday, th- Monday through Monday, basically um, all week. Um, so that's more what's from. You see more of the the beer bellies and stuff like that. You don't see the obese people. Yeah. How's the uh, How's the nightlife there? It's fun. I've been out a few times. Um, I haven't been out to like the the crazy like clubs that you see there that um, in Chinese culture that they. Um, Put it on a pedestal or whatever, but I hear they're pretty crazy. I've never been. Um, yeah, the bars, imagine. bars are fun. The Chinese people they welcome you in. They'll give you a drink, offer you a drink. Um, it, it's fun. I enjoy Good it. Chinese beer. Was there a favorite that you had? The, you come over here, and I, I worked at the beer store, and I enjoyed uh, trying different craft beers and stuff. You get over there, and the beers are just they're just normal light beers, lagers it's, or yeah, ales it's, or something. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's nothing special over there. How about I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this, but oh like geez. Facebook, Instagram, that kind of stuff. So it's all it's all censored. So in order for me to get on it, you have to have a private network, and you have to download an app. Usually, pay for it um, in order to go around the 
the Chinese um, online security systems or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, Instagram's blocked. Um, Twitter's blocked. Facebook is blocked. Google. Google's blocked. So they have their own search engine called Baidu, which you have to use, and it's censored. So you're, you're out not, of the loop for a while. You're not getting nuts. the news that well, the Chinese people aren't getting the news that they should be getting, and I don't know if we should <laughs> if we should be talking about it, but it's fine. Uh, it won't put anybody in jeopardy. But yeah. well, that's something that's not something that you're bringing to light. I'm sure other people. Yeah. Know oh, without a doubt. And yeah. Yeah. But. It, but he was telling me that there might be something in Hollidaysburg that just happened. Mm-hmm. In current events, there's a mass shooting, and we may not know about it just because. Oh, really? Yeah, censored. They yeah, they censored it. They don't want. Oh to my god! Yeah, like the protests in Hong Kong. Like yeah, people in mainland China they don't know about it. Oh my gosh! They, it's and it's happening right next door to them. Yeah. Hong Kong's basically a part of China, um, mm-hmm. and whatever the protests are about, it's about the laws that China's trying to bring Hong Kong back into their control. And the Hong Kong people are protesting. And you ask a Chinese mainland um, person about it, and they have no idea. Because it's, it's crazy. Censored, yeah. Oh, my it's gosh. A, Can you imagine that being a news anchor there, Casey? No, not at all. That's pretty wild. I mean, I don't get to see WTAJ anymore because uh, <laughs> Jeez. DirecTV, because Casey Cance won't let it on DirecTV. Yeah, why, don't you, why don't you direct your anger towards DirecTV instead of me? Because Casey Cance is the reason. Did you know DirecTV, CBS isn't on DirecTV anymore? No. I didn't know that. Because Casey Cance wow. told them he doesn't want people with DirecTV. He doesn't want to do the word of the day anymore. To see WTAJ. You know, Ronnie's been in China, okay? He's not, <laughs> he's not privy to this stuff. It has nothing to do with me or, or our station. But I hope it gets corrected soon. I hope it gets solved soon. So anyway, aside from that, what's like a, a week in the life of Ronnie when he's in China? Like, what's like your 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 schedule during the week? Wake up. I'm, so the first two days, first like two hours of my day are pretty much to myself. I'll get up and read a book and water my plants. Those are my buddies. So I got, <laughs> I got about six so plants. Are you are you living in like a big apartment complex? No, it's, or it's, yeah, it's, it's like a dorm. You could, yeah, basically it's like in a. There's about six buildings, apartment buildings um, over there. I got a little studio apartment, so I live by myself. Um, so there's a lot of people around, and it's it's hard to escape that. Yeah. So I had to get something that made me feel like I was Plants. back. Yeah. I like it. So they're on my patio next to my washer, and we just who's hang out. Wa- who's watering them right now? Yeah, they might be dead. Oh <laughs> no. Yeah, might have to buy some new ones. Yeah. Wait, your washer's on your patio? Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Is wow. No dryers in China. That's oh. all. They wash Air dry. They hang, yeah. they hang yeah. dry Air everything. Is uh, that like an energy thing, or is it just you, they just? That's my like guess. It. Is if you give seven million, seven billion people a dryer, yeah, yeah, electricity. It's like I'm sure that would do something yeah. terrible well, for and the something environment. Something to consider. How many people are in the city you're living in? Seven million people. Seven million. Oh, yeah, and that's yeah. small. And what's that's the name small. of the city? That's small. That's small to them. Yeah, Kun, Kunming. Have you ever heard of Kunming? No, I've not. Yeah, seven million seven people. Million, yeah. How, I can't how imagine. large of a city? Like what? Like, could you give us a guesstimate of how large the city is? The province is probably a little bit bigger than Texas. So okay, so, so it's decent size, but that's seven the size of the people. province. The city alone is probably it, it's small. It's it's so like density. Pittsburgh, it's crazy, man. probably a little bit bigger than Pittsburgh. But like, seven million people seven million on million top people, of yeah. each other. You don't see houses out there. It's all high rises because there's. But Stack, there's people everywhere. You can't, you can't build out. You have yeah. to build up. Yeah. There's no way. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Is the cleanliness of the place you're living in, is it no bugs, no? Relatively speaking, it's better than a lot of places in China, but it's not 
clean. Like if you go there and you're from Altoona, you go there, you're like, where am I at? Because there's there's kids taking dumps on the side of the road. Yeah, like, I heard that's like a super common thing. Like instead of or like going into a mall, people will just use the restroom in the middle of where you're walking yep. and then just walk around. Them. <laughs> like don't aren't shouldn't piss on the road. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's just normal. I can't imagine seeing that. I don't know what I do. You, I start laughing. You, probably. Did you do that yet? I haven't. No, oh, okay. I've, I've held off on that. Now, do they? Uh, I'd probably just do it. As are a lot of the bathrooms just have the holes in the ground? In the in the bigger cities, uh, they're starting to add toilets. But that's one thing oh is a lot of people squat, don't squat realize. Yeah, and Jeez. you get over there and you realize we're not equipped to squat. Like. I got over there and I was like, I can't get down here. The first time I went, <laughs> he my hips were so tight. And like, we can talk about this as an exercise community, but yeah. my hips were so tight. And like, Squatty we used to potty. sit in chairs, but how they sit is they squat down. So when they relax, they're in a deep squat. Like, oh you gosh. would, they would take a dump. And, and that's, that's why they they're relax. like the best weightlifters. Wait, in the you don't world. have yeah. a toilet? Yeah. No, I have one in my apartment. In the cities that are kind of more developed, they have toilets and stuff. But a lot of places, they don't have toilets. It's like a, a a hole, a hole in the ground, but it's a toilet without the seat on it. Jeez. Does it flush? Yeah, flushes has running water. I to can't it. imagine Jesus. seeing that. No, I think but I'm going to put that in my house. <laughs> but I found out um, when I left, um, friend of mine. <laughs> That's what I do. Out in like the the country and stuff, they have maggot toilets where there's a hole in the ground, but it's filled with maggots. Oh, so it eats what's coming in. It eats the stuff in there, God. and that's that's the more like the poor areas of China, like. Areas where you get out That's and you're like, nasty. Do they have to buy new maggots because they turn into flies? I'm not sure how it works. I don't know. They'd have to. Dude, Can you imagine the flies in your no, house? No, I don't want man. to. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> I'm nasty. sure the flies are eating the, the stuff too, that's but na- they would they would probably. I don't know. That's a good question. That's have you so ever crazy. seen a fly like a like get on the back of a cow's butt or something? Yep. Like yeah, that? just they'd wait. They'd be on your butt the whole time. Yeah, that's not. So the first two hours is plant time. Yeah, so hanging I'm, I'm hanging out, like reading the books, uh, meditating. I'm big on uh, meditating. How do you Just, meditate? So in the West, meditate meditation, we think, is a thing to do um, instead of just the act of just hanging out. Being like just being minded Yes, right. but it's not. Once you try to meditate, it's no longer meditation. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you're, you're trying to do yeah, something. Yeah, so it, when, once you try or once you get to the point where you like schedule a meditation time, then it's no longer the, the act of just being. So right now it's a meditation because we're just here and we're in this moment being. There's no other um, misconception or preconcept, pre, however you want to say it, um, notions about this time right now. It's just us. We're here. So in the West is what I found out is they want to give you these apps or Basically, they want to monetize um, meditation. Listen to these cricket sounds. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I found there was one I, I used to do on my phone, and it would send you like a daily reminder, like, hey, make sure you, you get 30 minutes, listen to this, chill. But that's not meditation. Right. That's not, it, that's what I found is in the Buddhist culture and the Taoist culture. and the, the Which chi- I could see you really digging. The chi- oh, I love it. Because you get to a point where it's just like, you find out what really matters is when you can get to the point where you wake up and it's just like, you can just sit there and do nothing yeah the problem i found out being back in the states or when i was here is like you always feel like you have to be too fast accomplishing something you always feel like you have to work to it Mm -hmm. an end game like if you don't have a goal you're trying to accomplish then you're not successful you're not trying to do something that's Mm -hmm. meaningful you know what i mean so over there like i just wake up and just just sit there just like hang out it's like damn this is the life yeah that's why i'm so 
like attracted to it. It's like you just get to hang out and nobody's calling you or texting you like where are you at. Listen, right, right. the big the big thing in in Western culture as of recent is there's a lot of people out there that are pushing people to get out of big corporate jobs. You and I have a little chat on Instagram that we talked about the one day mm-hmm. about why I chose to leave my corporate position. And I used to listen to these podcasts. I used to listen to, you know, just trying to be present in the moment. I struggle with that. I'm always thinking, how can I be better? How can I be better? But they, they, and by they, I mean, I was listening to a, po- a Joe Rogan podcast. Mm-hmm. I forget who his <clears throat> person was. But um, um, they were estimating that 10 years from now, 15 years from now, big corporations are going to be a thing of the past or they're going to be few and far between and everybody's going to be self-employed. Yeah. Everybody's going to, they're going to sell their oils online. They're going to sell, um, in Altoona, we're seeing a little bit of a renaissance with these clothing boutiques that are open opening and something that I love the most about, and, and Freddie can speak to this about opening my job and opening this clinic is it's truly what I want to do. You know what I mean? I watched Steve Harvey's jump. And I made you watch that. You did. That was yeah. a that was a great um, video. <laughs> great yeah. video. Yeah. Love the video. That's what made me quit my corporate job, and it's fu- I still get I still get stuck in that sometimes because I'll hear from people that, hey, this company's doing this or this company's saying this or whatever, and it's very easy for me to be like, oh, those sons of a gun, I'm gonna get after them, but then I think to myself, let them worry about me. Screw that. Like. Right. I'll just come here and I'm going to treat people the way I want to treat them, do what I want to do, and and knock on wood, my schedule's full. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, another – go ahead, Fred. I was going to say, like, since – how long have you been over there? Moved there in March, so it's about four months. What was, like, your initial reaction coming back to the States after living that way for the last four months? Were you just, like, overwhelmed with, like, oh, man, there's so much? I mean, <laughs> granted, you, you, you're here, you got to – you knew coming back, I got to see people, I got to right. do that sort of thing. But have you noticed, like, oh, man, like, see a difference with, like, the amount of people who are on their cell phones, electronics, just mindlessness stuff? And are you still doing your meditation while you're back? It, it's hard now to do it. Um, I don't know why. Yeah. It may, that's a personal um, thing is I'm not trying to do it, but it doesn't, when I'm here, it doesn't click that I need to, like, wake up and be by myself or I need... When I get over here, it's like get on your phone, see see what mm-hmm. people are doing, like yeah. find out where everybody's at, like let's meet up, like it's just let's culture. go do stuff, and yep. let's hang out. But China, the Chinese culture is big on their cell phones too, so they're probably worse than we are here in the West. Um, but they use their phone to pay for everything, so they're on their phones. Um, we have an app we use, uh, they, so we a lot of people don't use cash or like you scan the the code or whatever. It's like Apple Pay or whatever. On it our basically, yeah. yeah, but the whole country uses it. So you use it to pay your rent. You use it to pay your water bill. You use it to oh, basically wow. do everything. So they're ahead of the game in that. But for that reason, they're probably on their phones more than we are. Mm-hmm. But um, in, I wouldn't say the Chinese as a country is more mindful than we are um, because they don't have much to believe in. You know, you, you live in a communist country. They're they're doing what the government says. So, but when I get over there as an American, I'm able to do as I want um, because I'm not controlled by that those restrictions. You know what I mean? So right. I, I can wake up and do two hours out of my day and be by myself. You know what I mean? Because my job doesn't require me to be there from six thirty to five or whatever. Now, are you on like a work visa? Like, what's that yeah. look? Okay. So that probably took two or three months to get. That's goes into explain how strict the rules and stuff are. I had to go to Hong Kong to get that. So it's a year-long work visa. 
and then I'll have to reapply after the year's over. Now, if you want to move there permanently, is that something you're, you you want to do, or are you just kind of seeing how this year goes? Yeah, I'm going to see how the year goes, and if a job pops up again or if a new job comes about, then yeah. we'll go from there. But now you like it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's great. Now, is this something that you could see a similar company or this company like doing something in like Germany and Italy and Spain, like where there, there are basketball leagues that might not be obviously the NBA, but like the youth program that you're working for that you could see yourself doing? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I went to... Uh, Greece for a good friend uh, Yorgos. He was my teammate up at SFU, and he started. Did I meet him? I think I met Yorgos. He, you brought him? Didn't you bring him down to the gym once? Probably. Yeah. yeah I think he, you brought he's him. A, he's yeah, a, I met he's him. A nut. He's a fitness nut. Um, yeah. And he has a company like this in Greece, where these oh, kids okay. are. Um, they just want to play basketball, and yeah. it's. Um, so I went over there and worked at camp for him. Um, traveled there, hung out, and by the Mediterranean Sea, and wow. ate the best food. And but th- this is. This what we're doing in China is going on everywhere. There's a there's a market for it everywhere. Basketball is a sport where most people can play or attempt to play. Yeah, you don't and need and much equipment. Super low barrier of entry. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's not like, like ice hockey. Right. Or or football where you need pads. Like the struggle that the company has over there right now is they're trying to teach American football, but the parents don't want them to have contact. The equipment's expensive, so they're stuck playing flag football right now, and yeah. it's hard to sell flag football to um or it's hard to sell american football when you're yep. just playing flag you yeah. know what i mean so it's not the same thing um but basketball is a great sport for all people all ages and genders so it's mm-hmm. it's a unique thing that's going spreading everywhere yeah because i know the khl the russian hockey league the super league just mm-hmm. had just had a team pop up in china wow so they commute oh really Ch- yeah yeah so there's a professional hockey team in the khl that's based in china wow which is kind of neat. It is. Because imagine the travel for that. Like oh, the shortest geez, flight's yeah. 12 exactly. hours. Nuts. It's crazy. But it's cool. It's just, just showing you that China's trying. They are. Like they're opening their, their and doors. And they have the resources to do it. I yeah. mean, Without a doubt. They have money. They're big. I mean, they have the resources to make some pretty cool stuff happen. Right. Um, it's, it's just some of the stories he was telling me about, like, they love the game so much, but they don't have, like, the basketball IQ. Yeah. Uh, something they're trying to work on, you know. They they probably have their favorite NBA players, but, you know, it's – I think it would be cool to That'd watch that happen. Awesome. And yeah. he told me the the football guys uh, played in high school or something. Yeah, he was a high school football player. High school football player. Started and his own business. Oh, that's over, cool. Over uh, there coaching football, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, that guy's living in his glory right now. Right. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I think it's cool that they're trying to take – like bring in people that have played at the higher level. I mean, high school is not crazy high level, but right. over there it is, right? Because no one has that experience. Yeah. So I think it's neat. They're so in high school, they're not even allowed to play sports in high school, and that's the crazy. Because they part have like sporting academies, right? They do, but if you're in high school, you have to study all day, so you don't have time to play sports because you get to the um, the entrance exam to get into university. And that's what they're shooting for is they're trying to get into college. Mm. So these kids go to school from like 6 to like 6.30 at night, and that's their day. It's like that's wow. what they have. Jeez. So that's the, that's one of the reasons why I only coach kids from first to sixth grade is because the kids above that are studying either to get into high school or to yep. get into university. Yeah. So, so they don't have like high school leagues or anything like that. And that's, that's one avenue, one market that we're trying to get into is build leagues um, around the city for high school kids that yeah. can put a team together and come play. You know, oh, That's I mean? cool. Yeah. So don't they do a lot of, um, listen, you're going to be an accountant, so yeah. you're going to go to accounting school. Yeah. You're going to and they test them when they're young to find yeah. out you're going to be a gymnast. You're going to gymnastics well, that's what school. The weightlifting schools do that. Yeah. Like you go through a physical fitness test and like, hey, you would dominate weightlifting. So right. 
you're going to go here full time, train full time. Right. If you get good enough, you'll become a millionaire, sort of thing. Yep. And those kids, they they don't study. They go to school for sports, and then yeah. they study. Yeah. So you know what I mean. It's different than what we're used to here, where you study That's and then crazy. do sports, sports after school. Yeah, exactly. So what's uh, what's on the horizon for for Ronnie? So you're heading back here in a couple of weeks, and then just getting back to the. So are they on like a break right now? Yeah, summer break. Um, they'll do about a month off, and then we'll go start again into August, and then go to about December, and then they get another month break um, for the Chinese New Year, like a festival that lasts for about a month. Which so I'm assuming you're going to try to stay over there for that? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah that'll that's be exciting. Fun. Hang out, and um, and then contract's up in May, so we'll go from there and see, what, see, see what's on the horizon. See what doors open. Right. What's the cost to go to China? Flight-wise yeah. or moving-wise? Flight-wise. Do they pay for it? No, not no. yet. We're I, thinking I in terms did. of <laughs> podcast purposes. <laughs> I know. wish they did. <laughs> the new company, the funds, so that's the struggle we've been having financially is with the new company. And I, that was one of the things I said is, like, I'm willing to help you start your business. If on the back end, when it's all good, we can settle financial um, flights and reimbursement. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Petty cash. Like so it's mm-hmm. probably... Um, if I'm lucky, I'll get one round trip for like 650 bucks. But that's okay. that's from like L.A. to China. So I'll have to get another one. You have one to get to L.A. Yeah. So like 1000 bucks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. That's a start, decent, start decent chunk of change. But if I, get, if I could give one piece of, of advice, it would be travel, man. That's one of the biggest yeah. lessons I've learned in the past years. Just, I don't want to say stop saving that money, but use your resources. Like people you know, everywhere I've been is because of somewhere somebody i know um been to france spain greece china um it's all been people who have blessed me with a place to place stay, to stay or like exactly. resources that they have to like bring me over so mm-hmm. that's one thing that's been a blessing on my life is just building those relationships and then using yeah. not using it i want to say but those people are willing to help you out and continuing like, those take relationships. You, yeah take you that's places cool. and like get yeah. to places and it's been it's been great the last four months of just traveling seeing the world different perspectives and stuff like that and it's eye-opening for sure well me fred and casey could definitely all cram into your apartment (laughs) casey and i we sleep together in the same bed pretty pretty regularly (laughs) so uh we definitely i mean you basically need to find just space for two we could do that you know what i mean because casey and i we could we'd probably just sleep in the bathtub or something together ronnie this has been really (laughs) great having you yeah this is honestly this was probably this has been one of my favorites so far this is awesome yeah this is great super interesting guy and and uh you're just really cool you've done a lot of stuff that that a lot of us won't ever get to do so i appreciate you having me on it's been great for sure uh, talking about we got it we got a plan next time you sell him yeah we gotta do another one yeah we'll just put it in the books now if you didn't have to pay those uh long distance fees we'd have you call in yeah unless they're skype we can always hop on FaceTime. Oh, yeah, yeah there FaceTime's you go. free, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, nice. obviously, um, if anybody wants to find more about you, where can they do that? I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook when I get the chance to use it over there. I'm Awesome. I, when I'm over there, I try to stay away from the social media. It's kind of, it's hard. Yeah. I want to stay uh, attached. To the, or mm-hmm. Not attached, but I want to stay in touch with, with people. With your friends. I, yeah. get both, I get both sides of that coin, though. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, so what's, what's your handle? Um on Instagram, Ronnie Drennan. It's RD too sexy. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh. Uh, I don't even know my stuff. Yeah, Ronnie Drennan on Instagram, and then on Twitter, RD underscore forty, I believe. And then just on Facebook, cool. Ronnie Drennan. And if people want to find out more information about uh, Tame, 
How do they do that? We're also on Facebook too. Um, we haven't been as active. Uh, well, you have been home, so maybe in a China and stuff, and trying to explore new avenues of life. And yeah. um, but we still want to honor the the nonprofit and still try to reach people. And so, if anybody's out there want to chat, or I'm always open. Awesome. Well, Ronnie, we appreciate you coming yeah, on. What a joy to have you on, Ronnie. It's been appreciate great. It. I thank you guys for your friendship and for mm-hmm. the podcast and. For the, for will the you listen to one now? Oh, I will. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> he'll start with this one. Yeah, he'll start with this one. All I'm right, sure guys. there's a lot of great content. I'm going back to listen to them all. Thanks, uh, appreciate it. All of them without Casey are the greatest. Yeah. How many I is agree. that? Like you four. know what? I think I'm done with Casey. <laughs> I think we should get rid of him. I didn't even do anything. <laughs> no. I think right. we should. I think we should consider getting rid of him. I all think right. we should consider getting rid of you for even doing the mic stand <laughs> for the last like two minutes. What are you doing to that thing? Don't worry about it. All right, let's wrap it up. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. uh, Tune in next time. Thanks, Ronnie. This has been a You Don't Know Squat podcast production. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us on another episode of You Don't Know Squat podcast with myself, Casey Kantz, Freddie Dorman, and Zach Hallman. All episodes are brought to you by Dorman Sports Performance, Iron Luck CrossFit, and Hallman Physical Therapy. Located at 2927 Beale Avenue for all of your fitness and healthcare needs. If you like what we're doing, head over to Dorman Sports Performance and Hallman Physical Therapy on Instagram and Facebook and give us a like, share, and five-star review. More information can be found at www.dspgym.com or www.hallmanpt.com. Thanks for joining us.